It was a night of comebacks in the UEFA Champions League with fireworks at Stamford Bridge. And there's the header off the crossbar. In! The follow-up is in! It's Rhys James with his first UEFA Champions League goal! The goal scoring does not stop! 4-1 down! Chelsea have leveled it up! Chelsea 4, Ajax 4! And there was quite a game in Germany as well. Here's Jaden Sancho, edge of the area, lovely give and go, chance, goal! Dortmund lead, absolutely incredible! And it's Atrav Hakimi again, his second of the game, Dortmund third, and from 2-0 down, Borussia Dortmund lead Inter by three goals to two. Meanwhile, Leipzig stay top of Group G after an important win in Russia. Forsberg with the ball into the box and it fell for Sabitzer and that is such a neat finish. Leipzig doubled their lead, Zenit nil, Leipzig two. Barcelona were held at home by Slavia Praha and there were wins for Valencia, Lyon and the holders Liverpool. Analysis to come on the night UEFA Champions League matches as well as key reaction from the likes of Dusan Tadic and Frenkie de Jong. So stay with us right here on Match Day Live and on the official Champions League podcast. Welcome to the show, I'm Rob Daly and alongside me is European football expert Andy Brassel. Andy, we've been doing this show for a number of years now, but is that one of the great group stage nights, do you think? My goodness. I think you have to say yes straight away. Um, two extraordinary feature games, uh, none more so than at Stamford Bridge. And it overshadowed some other incredible moments. Genk pushing Liverpool. Um, Napoli and Salzburg really fighting it out at San Paolo. A great comeback by Valencia in that same group as Chelsea and Ajax. OK, let's go through all of the uh, results from Tuesday's match day four games in Group E. Liverpool 2, Genk 1, Napoli 1, Salzburg 1, Barcelona 0, Slavia Praia 0, Borussia Dortmund 3, Inter 2. Group G, Zenit 0, Leipzig 2, Lyon 3, Benfica 1 and in Group H, Chelsea 4, Ajax 4, Valencia 4, Lille won. A reminder to join us on Wednesday from 1800 CET on UEFA.com and the Champions League app where we'll have full commentary of Lokomotiv Moskva against Juventus and then Sven Zvedsta versus Tottenham with extended updates on Real Madrid versus Galatasaray as well. And for full reaction and analysis to all of Wednesday night's matches, remember to download the next episode of the official Champions League podcast or subscribe to the feed so you never miss one. OK, well, we have to start at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea against Ajax. Richard Kaufman, watch this extraordinary encounter for Match Day Live. A chance for either Quincy Promes or Tagliafico to whip it in. It's gone all the way through. Promes has scored. Ajax have taken the lead. Mason now, edge of the penalty here. It ricochets into the path of... Is that a penalty? Referee's having to look at it and he's pointed to the spot. It's a penalty to Chelsea. Jorginho will take the spot kick. Right foot in and he sends the goalkeeper the wrong way. Four minutes on the clock. Two goals. One apiece. Chelsea won. Ajax won. Ziyech, he crosses in. It's a great ball. Promise with a header. And I 
Ajax are back in front. What a game this is turning out to be. Chelsea one, Ajax two. This is uh, another one of those set pieces where Ajax will feel they can maybe trouble Chelsea again. Hakim Ziyech will take it. The Moroccan standing behind the ball, now swings it in left-footed, all the way in! The second time tonight that Ajax have scored direct from a free kick. Chelsea one, Ajax three. Breaks to Ziyech now, Van der Beek shooting charge, 4-1. Have four goals at Stamford Bridge, and maybe that is the critical goal. Pulisic right-footed across, and it's in! And Pinaqueta got the final touch, and maybe there is a way back for Chelsea. Game on, Chelsea 2, Ajax 4. There's a sending off here, Daily Blint, second yellow card, and a red card for Velman, of course. He was also two sending offs in of seconds. Jorginho puts the ball down on the spot. Right footed and sends the goalkeeper the wrong way as he did inside five minutes of this match. Chelsea three, Ajax four. Into the middle and there's the header off the crossbar. In! The follow-up is in! It's Rhys James with his first UEFA Champions League goal. Chelsea four, Ajax four. And it would stay that way. Richard Kaufman joins Andy and myself now, Richard. And uh, there was a moment where we thought Chelsea were 5-4 up. Yeah, well, there was shots raining in on uh, Ajax's goal, as you, you heard in that commentary there. Down to nine men, Chelsea finding space. And one of those shots was goal-bound. Caught the hand of Tammy Abraham. Bounced back to Afpilicueta. Stuck it in pandemonium. Pandemonium everywhere. Chelsea celebrating what they thought was the ninth goal of the game. Of course, VAR picked up the handball, ruled out. There were still chances, of course, at both ends of the pitch to, to make it 5-4 for either Chelsea or nine-man Ajax. In the end, we had to settle for just the eight goals. I mean, quite boring, <laughs> really. And the uniqueness of the game. To, to see a team that is dealt a blow like that, that gets two players sent off, two centre-halves sent off in the space of about 10 seconds, that concedes a penalty with the next kick of the game, that is taking an absolute pounding and still says, well, we're going to go after this game and try and win it. Well, Edson Alvarez forced a really good save, didn't he, out of Kepa Aritha Balaga? It's the best chance of the rest of the game. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there was a few down the other end for... 22 shots by the... For Chelsea, Chelsea as well. Mm. That's just debatable. But, yeah, it was a it was a great save. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Uh, and, it you know, it was heading for the corner. It was a really good stop from, from the Chelsea keeper. But, you know, two penalties, two red cards, you know, uh, two own goals, uh, and a VAR decision. Well, there were lots of VAR decisions, but ultimately a, a critical one right at the end there. Uh, two teams that are full of youthful promise. We had two substitutions made by Chelsea, an 18-year-old and a 19-year-old coming on. hudson Adoy and, of course, uh, Reese who scored one of those goals for Chelsea. And, of course, as Andy's rightly pointing out, even with nine men, they showed attacking promise, Ajax. They, they, both those teams were a joy to watch. It was a game I could have watched for another 90 minutes. I'm not sure the players or the respective head coaches could have taken it. But, uh, yeah, what a night. And I suppose only right that at the end of it all, it, it's a point shared each. Shame they can't get three points each for it. Uh, let's hear from a rather upset Ajax forward, Dusan Tadic. 
I don't understand. I have everything on control. But I think players should be proud because, uh, yeah, it's not possible. We play with, uh, yeah, with uh, nine men. It's, uh, we need to be angry because we have everything. We were much better and we should win game. I'll be honest as well, there was a moment there at 4-1 where the game had a similar rhythm to Spurs Bayern and I thought this could really escalate and get out of hand because Ajax looked so fluent in front of goal. But some character, I mean, Tadic mentioned it there, the two reds were decisive, we all know that now. But what do you make to Chelsea's character to come back in the game, Richard, well, and salvage the point? Well, just to pick up on Tadic there, saying that they were far better, I, I don't know about that because even we were saying at 3-1, uh, and I mentioned in the commentary there, maybe the critical goal at 4-1, we thought maybe that's going to deflate Chelsea. But at 3-1 at half-time, and then, of course, the chances at the start of the second half, we still felt Chelsea could win the match. So I didn't think Chelsea were bad, and I didn't think Ajax were that superior, even though the scoreline suggested they were. Yeah, I, I think that's fair, and I think... Of course, there were certain very particular set of circumstances, but in a way, actually mirrored the first game because that, that was only 1-0, but Ajax shaded it in the first half and Chelsea came on strong after the break. And if you think how much it shows, really, that Chelsea have progressed under Frank Lampard, because when you go back to August, first half of September, Chelsea were fading badly in the second half of games. They seem to have got over that, which I think is a big, big step forward for them. Let's hear from uh, Chelsea defender Kurt Zuma next. Crazy, but especially in the first half, we didn't play well, I would say. But there was a good duration from the team in the second half and the spirit was there. We came back for losing 4-1 to 4-4, almost 5-4. <laughs> the goal was disallowed, unfortunately, but the spirit was there. That's how we're going to keep from the game. We, we've been playing well since uh, quite a few times now, quite a long time. So sometimes there are days when it doesn't go to your way or not your way, or not way. But listen, the spirit was there before, how to come back. And that's the most important. We never, we never, leave the, never let the game go. We always kept the belief and came back. Kurt Zuma even had a crazy run right at the start of the second half where he ran 50 metres and shot over the bar. It was sort of an indicator of what was uh, to come in the end. Um, Reese James, what a story as well, Richard, to come off the bench for a full-back. He's a full-back, of course, himself. And to hang in the equalisers, utter madness as well. Yeah, and you could understand the decision as well from Frank Lampard. The goal that I scored to go 3-1 up was... Uh, a stupid challenge, really, from, from Marcus Alonso and, and, and Frank Lampard. Took him off at half-time, put Athpedliqueta to the left-back position where, of course, Alonso vacated and brought in the teenager at right-back. I mean, you look through the, the Chelsea team and, you know, Tomori, you know, on loan last season at Derby. Zuma, who's had, you know, loan spells at Stoke City. Of course, Mason Mount, who unfortunately went off injured. Hopefully nothing serious for him. Uh, you know, Derby uh, playing in the championship last season as well was Tammy Abraham for Aston Villa. And these are guys, you know, I know Pulisic, not quite the same, was playing top flight football in Germany. But young players that have been given their opportunity, the substitutes, James, as you mentioned, who was at Wigan last season and hudson Adoy coming on as well. These are young players given a chance by a young manager who's only in his second year as a, as a manager and, OK, tonight, as you say, could have turned pretty ugly. It could have gone Tottenham yeah, by a Munich yeah, way. Yeah. But in the end, they're going to take something really positive out of that, as I think Ajax will as well. Uh, so Chelsea have played a 4-4 Champions League game before, of course. Back in 2009, they faced Liverpool in a game that they ultimately won 7-5 on aggregate. 4-4 at Stamford Bridge that day. Ten years ago, roughly, that game. And Frank Lampard scored twice 
in that game as well. This will go for those supporters who were there tonight, Andy. They'll they'll remember this for a long time. Yes, and I think the fluctuation in the game was uh, underlined by the fluctuation in the atmosphere. Just go back to the start of the second half. Stamford Bridge was absolutely rocking. Then, after Van der Beek's goal, you could have heard a pin drop. And then all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, it's an absolute tumult again. Uh, and now we have, well, after Valencia's 4-1 win uh, against Lille, they came from behind to win that game, scoring three goals in the final 25 minutes. Condogby with the pick of them, a 30-metre belter into the top corner with his left foot. We have this incredibly tight group now, Richard, as we head into match day five and match day six. Yeah, we do. I, I mean, Chelsea go to Valencia. I mean, that's, I think, going to be a key game next up, isn't it, in a, in a few weeks' time, the end of, uh, end of this month. I, 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 I think watching these two teams tonight, and, you know, I, to be honest, I haven't seen enough of Valencia, and I know they won at Stamford Bridge, but, uh, yeah, to me, that's the key game coming up next. It's going it, to, obviously, with three teams on seven points, it's going to go down to match day six, and I've got a feeling we might be listening to Chelsea, Valencia <laughs> and Ajax a, a little bit more between now and Christmas time. I'm sure we will. Uh, let's hear from uh, the Chelsea manager next, Frank Lampard. One of the craziest games that I've been involved in that we've seen here at Stamford Bridge. Uh, very difficult to analyse straight afterwards because so many things happened in the game. But the, the, major, the major feeling for us is... Uh, is how happy we are with the spirit of the team. The spirit of the team from half-time with 3-1 down uh, to then before 1-1 down uh, to show the desire, the stadium, the atmosphere of the whole club tonight was, uh, was special. And, um, and we, we got a point in a, in a crazy game and probably should have won it at the end. The 3-1, I, I, I told them that I felt that we were going to, to at least draw the game, possibly win the game, because the, the moments that they scored in the first half, you know, own goals, um, bad moments for us defensively, but I felt that we were very much in the game in terms of how we were playing. We just had to get better in the last part, in the last uh, part of the pitch. So it was up to the players from then on to go and show, and, uh, and they did that in the second half. Frank Lampard described the game as crazy. Richard Kaufman, you got one word to try and describe that. Yeah, I mean, crazy is a good one. He's used. I'll just use the one word to sum up the game, attack. Attack. Perfect. <laughs> it finished. Chelsea 4. Ajax 4 in an all-time Champions League classic. Make no mistake. In Group F, something that runs it close. Borussia Dortmund taking on Inter in Germany. Mark Scott, watch this one. Lautaro Martinez on the right wing. Lukaku wants it in the centre. Martinez still going and still going and scoring quite brilliantly. Inter the lead, Dortmund nil, into one. Martinez with a great switch to the far side, Cantreva has it, cuts it back, first time hit is steered in brilliantly by Vecino, and Inter are bang in charge in Germany, Dortmund nil, Inter two, Hummel sends it wide, down the line, towards Gertzab, flicked across goal and flicked in, Dortmund back in it, Ashraf Hakimi, Suddenly, the yellow wall comes alive. Five minutes into the second half, Dortmund one into two. Atrap Hakimi ball in and in from Julian Brandt. Dortmund are level. What a comeback from the Bundesliga side. Dortmund two into two. Here's Jaden Sancho edge of the area. Lovely give and go chance goal. Dortmund lead. Absolutely incredible. And from two nil 
down. Borussia Dortmund lead Inter by three goals to two. Okay, let's speak to Mark Scott now. Uh, Mark, uh, brilliant game. And and at halftime, were there any indications, any clues that Dortmund could turn that one around? Uh, none whatsoever, Rob, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. Um, we've all heard the cliche, uh, a game of two halves. I mean, this was pretty much it because in the first period, Inter were assured and clinical. Dortmund were dithering, looked dodgy defensively. It was a complete mismatch. And uh, Martinez scored early on, lovely individual goal. And uh, then just before the break, Vecino slotted in from a, a Candreva cutback. And, you know, Dortmund were a bit lucky to get in just two down at the break. But whatever Lucien Favre said at halftime, it really did do the trick. They came flying out of the traps. Hakimi pulling one back after a good team move. And then Paco Alcazar, um, he did have an impact, not perhaps in the way you would have expected. Uh, some really sort of sleepy play from Inter at the back. Alcazar nicked the ball from one of Inter's own throws and then Julian Brunt uh, finished neatly from a, a narrow angle. And it was one-way traffic after that. At that point, you did think it was only going to end in a Dortmund victory and they did get their third goal 13 minutes from time. Jadon Sancho with the give-and-go with Hakimi who guided in his second goal of the night for the full-back, his fourth in the UEFA Champions League this season to complete the comeback and it moves Dortmund above into, into uh, second place in the group and to within a point of the leaders um, Barcelona but it, it really was a mirror image. Dortmund dreadful in the first half, brilliant in the second and into vice versa. They were on top before the break and then fell apart after the restart. I mean, I know you watch a lot of Bundesliga, Mark, and it was a sort of reflection of the last couple of games. Uh, they're starting this mini difficult run at the moment. Well, they're three quarters of the way through it, as you say, with the, the Klassiker on uh, Saturday. They came back against Borussia Mönchengladbach, didn't play well in the first half against Wolfsburg and, and beat them, did the same again. But they do have that attacking versatility, don't they? And can I just say, have I ever made a better UEFA Champions League fantasy football signing than Ashraf Hakimi? Well, I mean, you obviously knew something that a lot of others didn't, and maybe you should uh, have a word with Lucien Favre and get him to play him up front rather than as part <laughs> of the, the back four going forwards. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been terrific. That that was the, the bright spot, really, that they seemed to find a way to click going forwards without an out-and-out out number nine because we were waiting for Alcacer to come on. As I mentioned, he had an impact, but not because of his traditional role playing through the centre as a hold-up man, but also just winning the ball back when, when Inter had a throw in. But yep, they finally found a way to, to unlock that attacking might that they have at their disposal. The concern would be in the first half how listless they were and how clumsy they appeared at the back. And uh, Mats Hummels completely nudged off the ball far too easily by Martinez for the opening goal. But, you know, Lucien Favre will be relieved, I think, that they produced that second-half comeback. But both sides showed some real deficiencies in their game. And despite the fact that Dortmund have won, I think that they'll go away feeling that they have got out of jail tonight. Mark, thank you. Uh, let's switch your attention very briefly to Barcelona nil. Slavia Praha nil. Great result for the Czech side who rallied for the point at the camp now and also had chances themselves to win the game. Let's hear from the Barca midfielder Frankie de Jong and first Peter Olienka of Slavia Praha. Oh, well, this is no camp. <laughs> this is a big stadium with a, um, with a big team, top team. So it's a great result from us. We, we, we tried to get one point, and which is uh, very important as well. And then this gives us hope 
in the next games. I need to give them uh, compliments. I like the way they play. They play with courage. They want to play. Uh, they have a good tactic, and they they're working each other. Uh, they're working for each other. And of course, it's always a problem when you lose points when you're at Barca. We need to win everything. We know that. Yeah, Barcelona didn't quite click today, Andy. They went with Dembele, Messi, and Griezmann in attack. Amanda Deportiva, the, the newspaper in Barcelona, was saying it was Griezmann's night to really show himself. In truth, the whole team lacked fluidity in their play. How concerning will that result be for, for Barcelona and for Ernesto Valverde? It must have been a tough few days after after a weekend defeat. Yeah, I don't think it's just the result, it's the performance as well and I think really uh, Barcelona can count themselves lucky to be top of this group. Um, they could feasibly have lost all four games so far and I, I don't think that's an exaggeration at all. I do wonder if with the injury to Luis Suarez um, they'll, they'll evolve the team and if you think back to the beginning of um, Valverde's spell in charge, they were playing 4-4-2 and they've got the potential to do that again with Griezmann coming more into the role that he played with Atletico and did so well in this competition next to Messi maybe that could be the way forward and give them a little bit more fluidity I wonder if the th he, I'm moving to Barcelona I'll never see 4-4-2 ever again but he might <laughs> well see it at Barcelona Barca Dortmund match day five that should be a lot of fun because mm. Barcelona are on eight points Dortmund on seven into four and uh, Slavia Praha 2 into go to Slavia Praha next. So that game at the uh, camp now should be interesting. Yes, it should. Uh, let's go to matters elsewhere in uh, Group E, where Liverpool uh, took on Genk and beat them by two goals to one. Liverpool took the lead through Jorginho Wijnaldum. They didn't start the game with Mane and Firmino. Wijnaldum stabbing home from close range after good work from James Milner to create the chance on the left side of the area. Samata thundered in a header before half-time at the cop end to level for Genk. But Oxlade-Chamberlain on the turn in the penalty area eight minutes after the restart scored a brilliant goal, his third in two uh, Champions League games to give the Reds all three points. Let's hear from their midfielder and tonight, left-back James Milner. You know, we had plenty of chances tonight for the taking and it could have been a lot more comfortable, but they're a good team, you know, they make it difficult, they made it difficult first leg, so I'm um, just pleased to, to get the result. Set pieces, you know, they're always going to be dangerous. Um, that's tough, you know, we was it six changes again tonight and when you're doing that, one of the hardest bits to pick up, you know, the team shape, but more important than that is the set pieces and people doing different jobs to what they normally do, so it's not always easy, but, you know, we should do better at the set play, but it's something to look at and improve on. James Wunder doesn't normally talk that quick. I think it was an indicator of the energy of the game, which was, was full pelt at Anfield. And for Oxlade Chamberlain, Andy, we did discuss him on match day three, scored an unbelievable goal against Arsenal in the English League Cup recently in that 5-5 yes. thriller that they won on penalties. And a brilliant winner tonight. And I wonder if he's starting to make Jurgen Klopp think about where he ranks in terms of his three central midfielders, you know, for the big, big games. Yeah, absolutely. And people have talked about the Liverpool's one blind spot bit really being creativity in midfield. Well, that's something that, that he can add. He can add that extra little bit of, of dynamism. I think it's unlikely that you fit him and Gigi Wijnaldum in the same team, but it's great to have options. If you look at how far Liverpool have come since losing the final in Kiev in 2018, the, the level of quality, the depth of quality they've got is absolutely extraordinary and that for me is why they're favourites for this competition once again. Uh, Genk looks so upset at full time and they I th they did have chances to draw the game and get a big point at Anfield or maybe even need the win but they're left on 
on one point and cut adrift uh, of of the rest. But nonetheless, an impressive performance from them at Anfield. Yeah, very impressive. And uh, you know, when you think how they started out and the beating they took at Salzburg, uh, they've really come back and, and silenced some of the critics since. Napoli won, Salzburg won. Napoli missing the chance to qualify tonight. They would have done so with a victory, but they face a real quality team in Salzburg. Here's their head coach, Jesse Marsh. We've learned in the two games that Napoli is a really difficult opponent for us. We like to press press the game. We like to win a lot of balls in the midfield, but they have so much quality on the pitch and they're so good in tight spaces that it, it's very difficult for us. Maybe at home, we played better than, than uh, getting zero points and maybe here we, we didn't play quite as good as getting one. But in the end, the point is really important for us. It keeps us alive in the tournament. And, you know, with a young team, we're going to continue to learn about ourselves and get better. Yeah, they... Uh Saw the equaliser going in from Herving Lozano just before halftime. His first goal at the Stadio San Paolo since joining the club. But they took the lead through Erling Braut Haaland's penalty on 11 minutes after Huang was fouled by Koulibaly. Uh, by the way, Haaland, who, who has torn up the Champions League since uh, making his debut on match day one, is only the fourth player in Champions League history to score in each of his first Champions League games. After Zay Carlos with Porto in 93, Del Piero with Juve in the mid-90s and Diego Costa in that famous Atletico run uh, in 13-14. Uh, Not bad at all. And he's on seven goals now. And he, and he will be one of the most talked about players in world football over the coming months. Yeah, he will. Um, I think people look at him and think he's a certain type of striker, but there's such a wide palette to his game already, and he's a teenager. And you have to say, being coached by Jesse Marsh, an, uh, an ambitious and innovative coach, is, is a big help for him as well. Uh, so Haaland, seven goals in his first four games. That's more than two more than anyone else scored in their first four uh, Champions League games. So in the section, by the way, uh, this is how things stand. Liverpool top with nine points. Napoli second with eight. Salzburg four, Genk one. And on match day five, uh, Liverpool host Napoli and Genk host Salzburg. That was 6-2, remember, in uh, Austria on match day one. Uh, let's go to Group G now. Zenit nil, Leipzig uh, to Andy. A very professional performance from Julian Nagelsmann's side, who have regained their footing after some iffy form. Yeah, it really was. And um, especially after that second goal by Savica, they managed to um, really cruise through uh, the closing stages of that. And when you look back to match day two, just when they lost at home to Lyon, you thought this is again Julian Nagelsmann showing a little bit of an experience at, at, at this level but they've turned it around ever since those two matches against Zenit a team with big budget with good players with good coach they've done excellently well in both of these games and it's well deserved that they've taken control of the group and they they did bring him on Timo Werner in the game but mm. they, they did that the result tonight mostly without possibly their best player in Timo Werner, who had a slight muscle issue before the game. He came on, but it's Marcel Sabitzer, really, who's looking like a top-quality Champions League player right yeah, now. Yeah, he's been, without doubt, one of the most influential uh, players in this group stage. But again, I think it shows you the depth they have. The fact that Christopher Nkunku came in uh, for Timo Werner was very industrious, not played a great deal so far, although he did score against Mainz um, in the 8-0 at is the it, weekend. Is it Champions League depth now? I felt last season it was Europa League depth. Does it feel like a Champions League depth squad to you now? Uh, yeah, I, I think it probably does. I mean, they've gone through parts of the season missing some big defenders. I, I really, truly believe I have the best young defence in, in Europe. And, you know, you could see the maturity with which they played tonight. 
against a big crowd under big pressure. 30 seconds, Andy, Leon three, Benfica one. Great victory for the French side as well. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, that's six successive home draws before this game. So they really needed to get this one over the line. Improved form recently under Rudy Garcia. Are you Third seeing an improvement? Win overall in their playing style? Gradually. It's clear that the quality's there. Uh, Memphis has emerged as, as a real leader and it does put them in control of the group. And it's difficult to see them and Leipzig not qualifying. Them. OK, Andy, uh, in that group, of course, um, plenty more to come as Zenit hosts Leon on match day five, Leipzig, Benfica. Let's quickly think about Wednesday. What are you looking forward to most of all? Uh, well, you know, there are so many great matches to come up. For me, it's got to be Trevena Svezda versus Tottenham. Obviously, the club from Belgrade are really going to want their revenge after uh, the, the hiding they took in North London. Yeah, a featured game, of course, on Match Day Live. That's all we have time for on tonight's edition of UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. A reminder of some of the major talking points in the night. Of course, Chelsea Ajax 4-4 from 4-1 down. Chelsea got the draw, an all-time classic at Stamford Bridge. Meanwhile, Dortmund looking to outdo them. 2-0 down against Inter. They came back with a second half come around to beat them by three goals to two. Liverpool with a vital win against Genk, which puts them in a great position to qualify from the section. Napoli don't quite qualify yet after their 1-1 draw with Salzburg. Join us on Wednesday from 1800 CET on UEFA.com and the official Champions League app, when we'll have full commentary of Lokomotiv Moskva against Juventus, and then Svetza versus Tottenham with extended updates from the Bernabeu of Real Madrid versus Galatasaray. For full reaction and analysis to all of Wednesday's matches, remember to subscribe to the official UEFA Champions League podcast. But for now, from myself, Rob Daly, and all of the Match Day Live team on an incredible night's action, it's goodbye. Forsberg with the ball into the box and it fell for Sabitzer and that is such a neat finish. Leipzig doubled their lead, Zenit nil, Leipzig two. Here's Jaden Sancho, edge of the area, lovely give and go, chance goal! Dortmund lead and from 2-0 down, Borussia Dortmund lead Inter by three goals to two. And there's the header off the crossbar, and in! The follow-up is in, it's Rhys James with his first UEFA champion. Chelsea 4, Ajax 4. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.